Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Sebastian Jaramillo. Unfortunately, Boston had some depressing weather yesterday with cloudy skies, 90% humidity, and a low of 45 degrees. Today, the weather will start off quite poorly with a continuation of the pesky shower showers, but the sun will show itself across the horizon in the afternoon, hopefully reaching the projected high of 56 degrees. Unfortunately, Terriers, the weather this week will be mostly rainy and cloudy, but despair not. There will be some quasi-high temperatures from Tuesday to Friday, reaching a heavenly high of 68. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On Thursday, October 15th, one member of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. The only positive test belonged to an employee, with students surprisingly having no positive test that day. For the week of October 9th to October 15th, 0.03% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0% of tested faculty and 0.22% of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took 23.5 hours to process each test. For the last couple of weeks, there have been two two-day stretches with no positive test results. Also, remarkably, today there were no students who tested positive for COVID-19. Additionally, for the whole of last week, there were no positive test results for faculty, a remarkable feat. In total, 156 members of the BU community have tested positive this fall. Six students are currently in isolation, and 105 students have recovered from the disease. Elaine Backus is here now with an update on the logistics of the upcoming Thanksgiving break. On Thursday, BU advised students to stay on campus during Thanksgiving break. Dean Elmore urged students to have friends giving within their own households and shared that a safe Thanksgiving event is being planned. Judy Platt, the Director of Student Health Services, identified two risks with traveling home for the holiday. The first is that traveling puts students at risk. The second is that traditional Thanksgiving gatherings, with many people not wearing masks and sharing a meal, can put everyone at risk. Additionally, students who travel to high-risk states must stay in place for two weeks when they return. Undergraduates returning from high-risk states must have three negative tests over seven to eight days, and graduate students must have two negative tests. Another consideration is that classes resume on November 30th the Monday after Thanksgiving, and the last day of classes is on December 10th. Students returning from high-risk states will be quarantined for a majority of the remaining semester. Those who do return home are asked to stay home and finish the semester remotely. Students who leave campus, no matter how long, have to adjust their learn-from-anywhere status. In Hingham, Massachusetts, this is Elaine Bacchus for WTBU News. Joining us now is Melissa Ellen with an update on the state of in-person learning in the Boston public school system. Boston Public Schools made the decision to push back in-person learning for an additional week due to the amount of positive cases for the coronavirus pandemic. Elementary students were formerly expected to begin learning in person October 22nd, but they are now slated to come back either October 29th or November 2nd, depending on their priority and family preference for in-person learning. Grades 4 through 8 can return to classes between November 5th and 9th, and high school students are expected to return November 17th and 19th. The dates for high school and middle school students remain unchanged. At present, Boston is ranked the 63-ranked spreader for COVID-19 marking it a high-risk state. 
In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Melissa Ellen for WTBU News. And now we'll head over to Sophie Jin for a story on the repercussions of the California wildfires, which are still being felt today. Thousands of residents in Northern California were still without power early Friday, as catastrophic wildfires continued to affect the area. Pacific Gas and Electric started cutting off service on Wednesday due to the current dry weather and to prevent further damages. Overall, around 53,000 customers in 24 counties did not have access to electricity and power. While restorations began on Thursday, 30,000 customers are still in the dark. Many individuals have been buying generators, flashlights, gas cans, and other essential equipment in preparation for this electricity outage. To date, 31 people have died and 9,200 buildings have been destroyed from the California wildfires. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Sophie Jin for WTBU News. Next, a story regarding both the separate town halls of President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. Both President Donald Trump and former Vice President and presidential candidate Joe Biden held town halls on Thursday, October 15th, in place of the previously planned second presidential debate, which would have taken place on the same date. According to the New York Times, there wasn't much of an improvement from the cacophony of the first debate to the fractile and divisive nature of the town halls. President Trump made an effort to condemn white supremacy as he had been previously criticized for not doing so in the previous debate. Before the moderator, Savannah Guthrie from NBC News finished her question, Trump said, quote, I denounce, I denounce white supremacy, okay, unquote. However, he failed to disavow the QAnon conspiracy theory saying that he simply didn't know enough about it. Biden's town hall was more focused on the coronavirus pandemic and what measures his administration would take to deal with it. Biden said that he might support legislation which would make getting the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory, but he admitted that, quote, you can't say everyone has to do this, but it's like you can't mandate a mask, unquote. The issue of whether to make vaccines mandatory is tricky because there's a history in the United States of resisting mandates, such as the resistance to the individual mandate of the Affordable Care Act. Biden also said that he expected Trump to take a COVID-19 test before the next debate, in accordance with the rules of the debate commission. Both town halls left many issues unresolved, but it is likely that both candidates will face off for another debate, which is scheduled for October 22nd. Finally, an update from Aaron Michael about a horrific homicide committed in Paris, France. A history teacher in Paris, France was beheaded Friday after discussing cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad in his class. French President Emmanuel Macron has denounced the killing as an Islamic terrorist attack. Police shot to death a suspected attacker after refusing to surrender and allegedly posting photos of the incident on social media. The 47-year-old teacher had received threats about 10 days previous for facilitating a discussion about caricatures of Muhammad. The identity of the suspected attacker has not been released, President Emmanuel Macron has publicly stated that this attack should not divide France, rather that it should unite the country. This attack marks yet another increase in Islamic terrorist activity following the two attacks against the Charlie Hebdo newspaper. In Rochester, New York, I'm Aaron Michael for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. 
Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Evan Jimenez, Alex Corey, Varsha Subramanian, Stella Lawrence, I'm Sebastian Jaramillo reporting from Miami, Florida for WTBU News.